Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are dancing with the motherfucking stars, y'all. Cheryl Burke is here two-time mirrorball champion from Dancing with the Stars. So sit back, grab your dancing shoes, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter six. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. If y'all were unaware, I grew up as a dancer. It was my passion. High school dance shows are like the the highlight of my life. I hold them dear to my heart. Those were like the golden years. Um, so I have always been a really big fan of Dancing with the Stars. Love the show. And I recently connected with Cheryl Burke when I went on and did her podcast, Burke in the Game. And we quickly found out that we have... A lot in common, including our addiction to Latin men, uh, recovered addiction <laughs> from Latin men. And I was like, you have to come on FML Talk. Her story is incredible, insane, sad, exciting, amazing, all of the above. When we first recorded this, she didn't know who her partner on this new season that's currently going on now was going to be. And it was revealed recently that it was Sam Champion, who is an award-winning journalist and newscaster and her old friend. So I cannot wait to watch them on this season. Although when this episode airs, I think it will already be well into the season. I do want to preface this episode with a trigger warning. We talk a lot about body dysmorphia. We talk about her past uh, addiction. And we do get into some abuse in relationships. So I want to blanket trigger warning this episode for all of those things. But we do, it's a really fun girl talk episode. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So... Without further ado, here is Miss Cheryl fucking Burke. Cheryl Burke, welcome to FML Talk. Thanks, I'm so excited. I'm so excited I to have you here. I feel like I've known you forever. It's like I weird, said. right? We're very like, weird. We're like kindred sisters, like from another lifetime. You know, I, I feel like once you go through shit men experiences, yeah. like you're automatically connected in a yeah. different way. Yep. I absolutely fell in love with you doing your show, um, Burke in the Game, and like we have so many weird similarities, but I have to be honest, like my first experience with you obviously was watching you on Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Um, because that was 
like my jam growing up uh-huh. such a fun show can you kind of like take me through how you came to LA like what your kind of origin story is before we really like dig in totally so I've danced my whole life since I was four years old um it was the one thing my mom put me in that I never complained about <laughs> from everything to volleyball soccer baseball I mean like everything and I was like you know what dancing is what I want to do and I started ballet from four to eleven and then I um grew out of my tights literally my hips, I got my period when I was nine years old Mm. and I just didn't look like everybody. I basically looked like what I do now when I was like nine, 10 and developed very young. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And then my parents, more my stepdad and my mom wanted to find a family sport to do together. Mm -hmm. Tennis was a no-go. So we tried, or they first tried ballroom dancing and they're like, Cheryl, you've got to start ballroom dancing. And I'm like, that is not, I'm not doing this. You already forced me to go to Cotillion. I'm not gonna <laughs> freaking waltz with an old man. And she's like, no, 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 there's kids your age. So I went to, um, I'm from the Bay Area. So I went to a dance competition, a local one, and I saw kids my age shaking their butts with a boy. And You're like, dancing, sign me up. <laughs> yep, dancing to other music other than classical piano music. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so... You know, I, when I put my mind to something and I've always been this personality, I am an addict as well. So I go harder, I go home. Right. So that's pretty much it. And I just, from the moment I started cha cha I was like, oh my God, I love this. And then I took it to the next level. And so at 13, I traveled all over the world, basically just me and my partner. Um, I also lost my virginity when I was 13. To um, your partner? Yeah. Oh. Um, Wait, was he Latin? No. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> we'll get into the Latin mind you, struggles we have later. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, for sure. And I think I blame the Latin dancing in ballroom, right? That whole category. Because right. you're just like, I don't know. Okay, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> but we were like training every summer. I would be in England just training my butt off and, you know, traveling the world. Ballroom is a worldwide sport. It isn't the cheapest of the sports. So my mom had to obviously work and help me support my dancing career which I'm very grateful for. Now, should have there been a chaperone? Probably. Right. But I grew up really fast and in the ballroom industry in general, like it's an an Oscar party. Every time you're at a dance competition, everyone's dressing up, but it also isn't so glamorous. Mm. I've always wanted to do a show about you know, like dance moms, but for ballroom, like, cause right. it's a real thing. And, you know, to put all these like, like lashes on and tan and makeup at like 12, 13 and literally dry humping each other is probably not, I don't think I'd ever, if I ever have kids make them You're like ballroom. steer them away from Hip-hop ballroom looks dancing. Great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you started in ballet. I did as well. And I remember, you know, ballet was like the main thing I was doing. And then we like kind of branched off into jazz. When I took my first hip hop class, I was like, fuck yes, I'm home. Like I had my little steak face on. I was like getting down. I was probably like one of the only white kids on my dance hip hop team in high school. And it was like where I felt at home. And I was like, fuck ballet. Because it was not weird for you to untrain your body. Because for me, you st- I mean, I am, I can't hip hop because I'm yeah. like, I feel so weird, yet I walk like I'm humped over sometimes. <laughs> I look like Ozzy Osbourne You're once like in a while. like, I walk with a swag, but, but like, I can't dance with When I'm with dancing, because like ballroom's all about exaggerating and like, yeah. you know, 
tits to the sky and like <laughs> everything is and hip hop is so different. Yeah, it, for me, it like totally let me break out of the structure. I've yeah. always fought like having such a structure and ballet is so structured. Mm -hmm. And I, I always like pulled back from authority and right. ballet teachers are always so authoritative. Yes. And so when I got into hip hop, it was just like, oh fuck, this is fun. Like freedom. Yeah, I wish I would have done ballroom when I was younger. Never I didn't, too late, girl, never too in, late, never too late. I didn't get into my salsa days until uh, later in life, but. That's where you're gonna meet all those Latin men, not like uh, you two. You're now married. I or know. Engaged. I know. And engaged, married. Engaged, and he's from the Bay as well. Oh, really? Where? Yeah, he grew up in Marin. Oh, okay, I'm from like Palo Alto by Stanford. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah, my first dance partner was from Marin. I remember him having to do the commute. I was 13. He was 18. Mm. Wait, stop. That's Whoops. who you lost your virginity to? Yeah, he <gasps> was 17. Oh my God. Wait. Okay. Sorry, mom. Can we? Well, I and lost. Dad. I lost my virginity when I was 15 and a half. It was okay. my freshman year of high school. Got your permit. And I was Fine. dating a senior, yeah. and he was 18. And my mom still, till this day, if I bring it, he was the nicest fucking guy. Your we, mom knows. Oh yeah. Oh, that's I'm great. Too that close with have. my mom. That's great. We lost our virginity to each other. Like okay. he was the nicest guy. We were together for like eight or nine months. She still, if someone brings up his name, will get like a death stare in her eye and be like, "He took advantage of you. He was 18. I mean, you were too." Young. literally illegal yeah right but like 18 and or 17 yeah. and 13 yeah that's like i know yeah bring on the judgment no, so, no i'm not I'm judging kidding, I'm kidding. i want to know like no it was it because of ballroom like we spent yeah. so we had such a bond because he was my very first dance partner as an amateur and we traveled the world and i looked up to him like from, yeah i've always wanted to dance with him like when i was younger literally when we tried out I got a call that he wanted to like actually dance with me. And I remember I was about to jump in the shower. I think I danced around my house butt naked. <laughs> I was so happy. And like when you look up to somebody, when you're a super fan, yeah. you know, you can just take advantage of me. I mean, not anymore, but yeah. Right. Do you yeah. think now as an adult Maybe Brad looking, Pitt could do it, but I don't know. I'm Brad Pitt can do anything he wants to <laughs> me at any time. Sorry, Ty. Um, do you think when you're an adult now looking back on that, are you like, ooh, that was like not so great of him to cross that line? I on I think I broke his heart. So like I'm the oh, one I that love that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely like by the way the sex wasn't like pleasure like I didn't find any pleasure in it. It was painful. So I think we did it like once or twice. It wasn't yeah. like a constant thing. But I also, you know, after my coach says this that like I guess I grew out of this partnership and it was time to move on and that's like really hard in the ballroom world because it's a it's a marriage you yeah. know you, you do everything together and it was time to move on if I wanted to get better results and so mm. yeah that was it and then he moved to Oregon or something and, and I'm sure he's married by now I don't keep in touch with him yeah but. that's wild okay so I have a past with you know looking and not feeling comfortable in my body all the time um, I've struggled with eating disorders in the past I do think that a lot of dancers can relate to that and I know you've been really open with your body dysmorphia yeah and your struggles with that so can you kind of tell me where you think that started was it when you grew out of your tights because my body uh, yeah. changed too I don't have a ballet dancer's body you have an amazing you're beautiful thank just you just the way you are I, as are you but uh, if you. you are in the dance world there's a ballerina body and there's not and it right. was like well i could be a hip-hop right. dancer i could be a contemporary dancer but like i didn't have a prima ballerina body right like, which, I is, which is no hips like, yeah exactly you know like a coke bottle <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful coke bottle i love being a coke bottle we um, love our coke bottles i here. mean really though i do i believe most men prefer um a little bit of a curve right like yeah. i mean yes unfortunately all bodies are beautiful yes of course <laughs> absolutely 
I, I do believe that, you know, you are your environment kind of. And when you feel like for me, I, I just remember developing at such a young age, like I said, but then also being one of the first people in my school to develop and then like seeing other people's bodies in tights versus me with already like a waist and also hips and a, and a butt and thighs. I was just like, that was probably one, like, I'd say it's probably traumatic, right? Like going back there, it was yeah. like, oh my God, I'm just like, and I just didn't feel like like I fit in. And then my mom always, even when I was younger, like she was always on diets. She was like trying the new like Atkins at the time or like South Beach. And so there's always been this, I guess, watch what you eat type thing. And mm -hmm. coming from a Filipino background, like Filipino food is so good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's so bad for you at the same time, right? So like I was raised by my Filipino nanny basically while my mom was starting her startup company in 84. And so like, I only was fed Filipino food. So then trying these like new diets was mm -hmm. like really, I, I don't know if that was appropriate at the age that I was. What age I was did like, that start? Probably 11, 12, oh my 13. God. Yeah. And it wasn't like she forced me to, but it was just like what was being served, right. you know? And then I started ballroom and my dance coach, not right away, but especially when I started getting older, like probably 15, 16, he was, I was, going to the next level as far as like competing worldwide. And he was like, you know, you have to keep that weight down, think thin. You know, he looked into elongating my legs. Mm -hmm. It sounds so bad, yeah. but like, I mean, he was like a mentor to me. And at the time I didn't know the difference. And so I always felt like I just wasn't enough, right? So there was this all this want, and mind you, it also came from when I got molested when I was a little girl. So it's like, there's always this need of like, okay, I want the love and I want all of the intention, but not in a healthy way. And it was more for, unfortunately, the, you know, material side of things, not necessarily, you know, from what was inside. Yeah. And um, because I got molested, I grew up very quiet and introverted, I think. Mm. I never really was asked my opinion, let alone I was very shy and reserved because I was too scared to speak my thoughts and or my opinion or my feelings, let alone. But my mom made sure she put me in therapy when I was a little girl. But until I really moved here to Los Angeles in 2006, was I able to really find my own identity. Mm. It was interesting to see like my very first audition versus what it is now. But back to the whole body dysmorphia, it's a real thing for me and then he put me on the hollywood diet back to my dance coach put me on the hollywood diet which is just like a juice like a bottle of juice right. i remember i lost so much weight and not until i lost weight was i did i feel like i fit in like i mm. didn't feel like i was loved by my dance coach until that happened and then which is so fucking toxic it really and is. like not yeah. to mention that it's not that it's healthy even if you're just like hanging out around the house but like you're an athlete and you're mm -hmm. physically like being demanded of daily and you're not having the calories and the nutrients that you need to like perform and do the job that you're trying we to do. We don't even think about that. Like that is just not like putting our health first or listening to our body. That's just non-existent. We were never taught. It's like, oh, you broke your ankle. You got another one, you know, because it's like. Yeah, tape the, it up and get back on stage. Right. <laughs> and and the, I'm sure you know that. Yeah. And it's like as a dancer, it's like if you don't continue the momentum, you have to start all over again. And right. no one wants to do that. And then moving here to L.A., I was a party girl. Like I never drank before I moved to Los Angeles, but it was like the show became a huge hit. We had like 35 million viewers, especially season two and three. And we would just get into like nightclubs. And I was like, a nightclub? What's a nightclub? Because like, I lived a very strict lifestyle before moving here. And then like I had my first drink. And then 
I went out seven nights a week and it was like, you know, ballroom by day, club goer by night. And it was like this constant seven nights a week thing. So I also, as you do when you're in your twenties, you know, I gained a few pounds. I also, I believe it's because I got off my birth control. Um, I tried to get off my birth control during like the premiere of one season, which ended up me, um, I guess, retaining 15 pounds of water weight Mm. um, on camera in front of everybody. And so then the nation decided to call me fat. It was a really big deal. And I I remember that, like vividly remember that. Yeah, and my mom, obviously, I think this was her way of showing love, but she um, she did the best she could. Look, she flew over here, she put me on the South Beach diet, and I'm just like, you know, that is something that is still a sore wound for me. It's yeah. like, as long as I'm shaking my ass on television in a costume like this, I think I will not be able to make peace with my body until I hang up my dance shoes. Right. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. And unfortunately, you know, like you look at the women that are on that show and mm-hmm. it's like everyone has very specific thin dancer bodies. Very. Like that's and a they've type. just had babies. Even. Right, yeah. I know. And you're like, so how annoying. did you even bounce back that right. quick? And it's, it's a lot when you're doing that. Not only are you feeling like the pressure inside yourself, but like you're America's watching you. Yep. The world's watching you and judging yep. you on that. And I feel so bad for the wardrobe department. I mean, they've known me. They know my body more than I do. But like, they know my insecurities. They know that, you know, if something, if there's elastic in one of my dresses that it's too tight, like I will literally, it'll dictate the rest of my day as far as my mood goes. And it is hard because yes, I understand that comparing isn't a good thing. How can you not? Right. You know, how can you not? Like, it's just really, and and of course, like I'm here in these fittings, like it's not just about the way the dress looks on me standing. It's like, how about when I'm moving my hips? And it's like, do I see a back roll? It's just like, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. And I think a lot of that has to, I think that me wanting to maybe not do it anymore has a lot to do with that. And it has nothing to do with the show itself. The show is obviously amazing and it's changed my life. It's about my own mental health. Right. So we've talked a lot about on this show about like eating disorders and feeling insecure in your own skin because I'm no fucking stranger to that. Mm. But we've never really covered body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Like what's your definition of that? So when I look in the mirror, I don't see what everybody sees. No matter what. And I remember, you know, on my TikTok account, I I literally um, feed, I just react to like, old dances and I remember Mm -hmm. recently thinking like oh my god I remember this this was 
the fitting where I went crazy. Like mm. thinking that I was so fat, but then I look at it and I was like so skinny. Right. And it's interesting because when you're in the moment, like when I see myself, there's I'll focus on this one mm-hmm. thing that nobody sees. Right. And it will dictate my life. Yeah. It'll dictate my whole day if I don't feel secure. And some and as dancers, we have mirrors all around us constantly. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, you're gonna see yourself. Yeah, mirrors and cameras that yeah. like add ten pounds. When and you're so on does them. TV. TV yeah. adds ten pounds. Yeah. I don't think people really understood when I, you know, started talking about that I was having like a small percentage of readers like tell me that I was fat phobic in What's Eat that? Pray FML. It's basically so I've done research, I've talked to a lot of different uh-huh, people. Uh-huh. Because the first time I heard it, I was like, What? Like I don't hate fat people. Like, what are you talking about? Like I, no, that's not who I am at all. I love like everybody. But it's the fear of being fat and thinking that fat is a negative thing. So it wasn't the fact that I was like harping on myself and like saying like that, oh, I don't wanna be fat or I'm like gaining 10 pounds on this trip. It was like the use of the word fat saying like that that's a bad thing. Right, no, and that's not also what I mean. I think it's more about like, it's really difficult to explain, but it's like when people are just calling you that and even your colleagues, right. you know, like, right. and then also from your whole life, like whether that be being on a diet or being around people who dieted or my, my dance coach. So for me, I actually love curvy and voluptuous. I wouldn't say fat, voluptuous women. Like I think that is a beautiful thing, especially when you own it. And I hope one day to be able to do that. Cause I think naturally my body is my body. Like my right. hips are never gonna be more narrow. And that though, these are my hip bones. Like, yeah. you know, I'm never gonna look like those skinny ballerinas who also look beautiful. Right. But like, it's just that I always wanting something that isn't realistic. Yeah. And that's what to me, I guess, body dysmorphia is. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting because you, in your perspective, like there were literally people and colleagues telling you like that you had to lose weight or that Full you were on. fat. Or like I wasn't, I was too fat for television. Right. Which is yeah. fucking horrific. For me, it was being growing up in an industry where it was like, well, we're not going to tell you that, but like there's 10 other girls that are auditioning for this role and they all are, you know, this That's size. so bad. So I don't think when people heard me That's, harping on myself. That is bad, yeah. Yeah, that it was like, it was coming from a place of like deep insecurity. Yes, And yeah. you know, like my body- It has nothing to do with anybody else. Right, right. My, and my body's always changed. Like I, you know, fluctuate all the mm-hmm, time. Same. And to be how I feel comfortable, I have to be in the gym five to six days a week and like really having a good balanced, like watching what I'm eating diet. Say, I'm, right now I'm like, on a 900 calorie a day diet right now. Cheryl, that's insane. No, I know. <laughs> but like I'm doing this because of my body dysmorphia. Right. Right. And but I'm also doing this because I'm getting ready to do something yeah. soon. So it's like I feel the, like and I and I don't weigh myself because I used to travel with a scale. Oh, I don't either. So I, I refuse. I, I mean I would put it in my suitcase. I yeah. went I did the Camino de Santiago and I traveled with a scale. Wow. And I would weigh in every morning. And that number would affect everything. Yeah. Whether it'd be like, oh great, I lost a pound, or if I gained half a pound, God forbid. Which sometimes it's fucking water weight. Or like you haven't taken a shit yet. Thank like, you. Yes. It, it's I I yes. refuse to ever weigh myself right. because it's like I just go by what my cl- how my clothes fit. Because if I'm training and I like gain a pound of muscle, like the yes. mental game that that will fuck with you. Yeah. If you're like, I've been working my ass off and I gain two pounds. Yeah. But like, 
it's muscle and you've no, like lost totally. in other places. So have you ever been able to look in the mirror and be like, damn, I feel really good or I like what I see? I'm tr- right now that's my work in therapy. Mm. But see, the thing is I can easily bullshit myself too because I can say it all day. I can look at myself and right. say, I love you. And I, and I know that my love for me is actually definitely I'm on the right track with that just because of, you know, the latest whatever happened with whatever the divorce. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't know if I will ever just have peace with like, you know what, you're beautiful. I mean, like Mm. no, no, no matter what size, right? Until again, I'm out of a dance costume. Do you think it'll get better once you're out of a dance costume? It has to, yes. I mean, this is the biggest reason why I won't freeze my eggs right now because I'm willing to sacrifice my whole life because I don't want to gain weight. Right. Like, because I mean, you're a smart, beautiful, intelligent woman. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. 900 calories is not enough to sustain yourself. Uh, not for a long time, but I, I know, but I do want it, <laughs> obviously. Yes. And I do want, but that's how much I want to lose a few pounds. Right. Again, I don't weigh myself, but it has worked. And I also know, though, that my metabolism has slowed down quite a lot yeah. since just a few years ago. So look, if this is what's going to keep me sane, obviously, this is nothing to be proud of as well. Like I'm doing this because I need instant results, basically, but it's not something to survive on right. when I start the project. Right. How old were you when you started Dancing with the Stars? 21. I'm 38. That's crazy. If I do another season, it'll be my 26th or 27th season. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I remember, like, I watched this in high school, and I felt like when I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, these, like, adult professional dancers. And, like, you were a fucking baby. I was a (laughs) baby. You were a child. I had a belly button ring. I remember. I'll never forget that. Gross. But, (sighs) like, gross for me. But um, it was just, like, so insane like i thought i was gonna come here and do one season and then move back to harlem with my dominican boyfriend slash partner yeah let's jump into that since that segued real nicely um you and i both have a problem it's not it's I've not your addiction many past. problems <laughs> it's um it's our but, latin lovers anonymous problem i think it's the dancer in us is it is I, that what it I is? Mean, when did you start like Latin men? Like when you started salsa dancing? No, no. Always. So I, my, the first guy I lost my virginity to, the 18 year old, was Salvadorian. The guy I dated after was Mexican. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's I been a consistent two Salvadorians problem. and one Dominican. No, for sure. And I'm just like, honestly, I don't even know how I ended up marrying a white boy. Oh my man. God, me too. It's like, I call it my white boy coma. I know. Like we just like slipped and fell into like the boring white men pool. Like, I don't know what happened. But Sorry, honestly, I, I love all, uh, all men. <laughs> I'm always scared that I'm gonna like a fucking offend someone. White? No. Well, no, he's Persian and Irish. Oh. Yeah. There you go. But he doesn't look Persian. He looks like Italian or like Greek. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't look like white, white. Right, right, yeah. right. He's like tannish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. And also I didn't know when I, you know, especially when I started dating Javier that there was a, not that all Latin men are like this. Yes, exactly. But there, there's a reputation there. Yes. I mean, even his friends, like, who are also Argentinian were like, yeah, we're like the worst, dude. Girl. Like, why would you have thought that this was gonna... And I'm like, nobody fucking warned me. I spent three and a half months in Argentina. I can't tell you. I learned, I just wanted, I was going through a phase of my life where I was like, I'm so tired of just teaching. I need to, like, feed my brain yeah. and my soul. And they added Argentine tango to Dancing with Stars. And I was like, I really don't want to keep faking this. So I joined the uh, tango group called Forever Tango. And my mom used to take me to this show like in the Bay Area when I was a little girl. And uh-huh. I fell in love. We didn't even speak the same language. Like they spoke Spanish. I was a part of the whole Forever Tango group. And I fell in love with like three, four people. I would never come home. 
I, I just, I always say I would go back and just live there. It was, yeah, I can't and imagine. And especially if you can smell cologne. I love cologne. So like, yeah. Okay, so you fell in love, but were you like hooking up with I any of the hot? I fell in love. I was in lust. Of course I did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you were having like hot, passionate yes, sex all yes. over. Argentina. Mind you, I was also drinking back then. But yes. Right. Um, it's my a lot God. easier for me to do that. My my fiance god bless his soul is like you can go solo travel anywhere in this world that you want i will support you i will champion you if you go to south america i am coming with you <laughs> like yep. that's the line 100%. It's like you're not He's going smart. there by yourself <laughs> very smart man i'm like you know that's fair okay I get yeah it. no there's something you know what it is i think it's they're so in touch with body language mm-hmm. and they're so they can touch like i'm very sensitive to touch yeah so like versus like a, a handshake even like they're they're making love to your hand <laughs> shake my hand i'm or, gonna fuck your and, hand yeah literally like and and like you just when you don't have it like even when i'm a when i'm dancing in it if like the other professional i'm dancing with when we used to do pro numbers isn't sensitive to like the woman and is just about himself it's just like the worst thing in the world like because ballroom is so old school like right. the man leads the woman follows and i think that's a beautiful thing in but we all know who really fo- leads right like yeah. we're the ones doing it but like when a man takes care of you when like let's say he dips you and you like do something on the floor as part of the choreography when he reaches his hand out and picks you up it's very like opening the door is very important for me still right, like right. all that stuff that people don't necessarily do anymore mm-hmm. because of the just you know the way that this world is and also the new generation i don't yeah. think people are learning good manners right and i just like to be taken care of yeah is it different when you dance like with a professional like white guy pro as opposed to like a latin guy is um, there like a different like you know what's so funny we don't there? have one latin guy on our show really no like a lot of them are ukrainian or russian oh right yeah who's okay so like val he's he, very, whenever very, i watch yeah, him he's, he's very intense yes, and like looks like he's like gonna have sex with anything yep. that like crosses his path but so i'm part of the older generation i'm still on this sh- maybe on the show but um <laughs> the older generation so val's older brother max he was yeah. all both of them though the brothers they both schmerkovsky brothers they're ge- a gentleman 100 yeah but is it different dancing with one of them than say like Derek? <laughs> no comment oh god <laughs> i have a soft how spot how did you know no. i have a soft spot for Derek. what, well, what made you the, what made you think that you know it's just i, I, I mean like the, the white TV. white boy yeah 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 yeah, you yeah, know. yeah do you see that though i'm just interested do you see that what when he was active as a professional dancer did you see the way he maybe his body language was to his partner versus someone like max or val mm, I, I, a little i mean he's an incredible dancer like oh, 100%. i 100 and choreographer like 100 ridiculous but i guess like the answer to that would be like, like i Derek wanted need a to like <laughs> yeah. when i was single wanted to jump through and fuck val and not Derek. <laughs> so that's where the uh inference of the question came from this is why i love oh my you. god i hope you guys never listen to this oh show. my god fuck. people are gonna f- die when they hear this <laughs> <laughs> so where did your like Derek's like a brother it, well yeah you guys actually look like you guys come from the same oh my god family. that's so kind of you because i think julianne's gorgeous yeah, she's so i appreciate beautiful. that actually a couple people when whenever we post stuff that's like who would play gabrielle in the series Julian, if that ever goes, yeah. people people have tagged her before i think she's lovely so was the first toxic latin guy you dated the dominican no the salvadorian <laughs> Where, when was that? This was like 
freshman. So I dated two Salvadorians throughout my high school career. Okay. Yeah, so one already had a baby mama drama. In high school? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, he was older than me, so he was a junior. I was a freshman. And you were like, all right, I'll take that baby mama. Yeah, and I remember remember he worked at Felix and like... (laughs) the rent-a-suit place, yeah, yeah. tuxedo. And um, I walk in, like, he had this mark on his neck, and I was like, what is that? He goes, oh, you know, my ex just threw this rock at my neck, and I was like, Mar, you think I'm you think I'm stupid, oh right? Oh, my God. Clearly, she gave him a hickey. Right. Um, so that was that, and then I just let that abuse-type thing happen as far as, like, letting him cheat on me and not doing anything about it. Mm. Then I moved on to the other Salvadorian, and, um, God, he was just as bad, if not worse. He was actually physical. I feel so bad. It's like, we're like... It was like like physical and mental this one so mm. that one was like toxic because that went yeah. on and on for like three four years yeah was that the first time you were in a physically abusive relationship yes how did you handle that mm. so young well you know he was very controlling so like i wasn't able to dance so there was a moment in time where i stopped dancing or mm. i would lie to him about it and then as soon as i graduated from high school it was like in and out like this is when i was like at my skinniest most likely was when i would be breaking up with him every other week and it right. was like i just lost my appetite and i just remember my dancing career i had my gay dance partner at the time flew in from finland and we just like he gave me that kind of i guess at that time i wasn't really in therapy at that moment but he gave me that like confidence yeah like i deserve better you know and so i was able to unfortunately unfortunately like be like enough's enough but then he started like stalking me a little bit and then mm-hmm. i would and then i started trying out with this dominican this was already after high school and like I, all of a sudden he's in new york you know because we lived in harlem at the time mm-hmm. and like he would just show up oh creepy and then i just had to like just be done and yeah i don't really remember to be quite honest how it officially ended but i think that was enough to scare him maybe that I was with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so explain to me how you slipped into your white boy coma and ended up marrying a white guy after all of the um, I, there's hot just, Latin men that have been in your life. You know, I, there's just not a lot of Latin men in general around me at the yeah. moment. I think that, listen, I danced with William Levy on Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I think he's married. Christian De La Fuente, all these amazing telenovela actors that are just so beautiful. Yeah. And it helped that they were married, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, there is an attraction there and i guess i'm not really when it comes to dancing with the stars because that's that was my life like 24 7 there's not really a lot of latin men like i don't think i can tell you one latin guy right now that i'm friendly with yeah to this day i have a few and the main one is my ex's best friend so oh, is he single <laughs> maybe you need to hook a girl up. Just he's not he just got married and oh, he's such a okay. sweetheart um love you dude um, i think subconsciously i relate to latin men as trouble and maybe i'm maybe that's why i ended up marrying a white man oh yeah there was a thought onion that i vividly remember I doing thought onions. <laughs> in barcelona being like Javier ruined Latin men for me because now I'm like not safe Oof, to like I felt go there. all your pain through that whole chapter, like that whole part in your book. Cause I was like, of course, of course. How could you not like right. just fall head over heels? Yeah. And he did all the right things. Yeah. I did. And date- he never cheated. Who? Javier? Javier? No, we weren't together long enough. Right. Although, but girl, he never left you because of... Girl, the shit I have found oh, out I cannot wait. books. Like, oh, I just want to... I'll tell oh, you off please. podcast. I also need to know what his real name is. It's, uh, <laughs> um, I will tell you off podcast. It is... It is Are a, you shocked? A whole nother book. Um, am I... I don't I mean... I, I mean, 
uh, no yeah you know like i if i would have found out in the time where i held him in such a high esteem and was still protecting him and thinking that he was this person that i knew so well yes not finding out knowing you know who yeah i feel he is now yeah no so and you, that's you so sad for me to even say out loud no okay no got it but you haven't read the second book yet so no. you'll see oh, how yeah, some, of it, that. Yes, some yes. of it winds up but there you know the list goes on got it i could write a third but we uh, won't yeah. oh my god oh Not my yet. god my dms are gonna be like wait wait stop yes gabrielle okay so so can we i know that you're going through a divorce a divorce right yes. now are we allowed to talk about who you're divorcing Mm, probably not. I mean, they can, people you, can Google you can it. Easily Google it if um, you don't know. I mean, it's been everywhere. So, yeah, people yeah. can Google it, but it's crazy to me because, like, it's someone that I grew up watching. I think we all did and yeah. loving. Yeah. How do you feel that? How How old were you when the divorce became like? You were like, okay, we're getting divorced. Right. So I, this. So we are in August right now. Right. So um, as we're recording, as this. we're recording this. <laughs> so. I was 38. I mean, I'm is January was when yeah. we split up. We're not even technically divorced yet, so we're okay. still going through the whole back and forth thing, um, which is taking longer than I ever expected, especially with a prenup in place. But right. um, you know, just for your listeners, there's there is a confidentiality agreement within this prenup, so this is the reason why I have to kind of walk on eggshells. But yeah. I can tell you as much as I can tell you. you know? Yeah. And how how do you feel? being like, okay, I'm 38 and I'm joining the divorce club. Because when I joined it, I was 27 mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, cool, like I'm 27, I'm moving back to my mom's house and I'm getting divorced. So how do you feel um, doing that, I guess, a decade pretty much later? Yeah. You know, I come from a divorced family. I never, this was never the goal and it's not like something that I'm taking lightly. We definitely tried, you know, and there comes a point too where, you know, I have to choose myself yeah. Um, because of all like the therapy I'm in currently and even before and even like um, just the work and the curiosity and how much I, I my, my goal is to just constantly learn and educate myself and to be better. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, my ex didn't want that he we were just on two different paths and unfortunately you know it became like a roommate living in my home yeah and when it gets there it's almost like you've broken a boundary and you've crossed the line and it's really hard to come back yeah regardless i mean we we were very consistent with couples therapy and you know a lot of what was said it's like there it's just really hard for me to have a conversation let's say with somebody who i think is one way and then like the accountability part is really hard and for both of us i think at that time too like i it was hard for me to take accountability over my shit but i do know that moving forward this is definitely one of my like that has to happen with my friendships with my relationships with my you know partners in the future with anybody that i choose to surround myself with that is very important to me. Yeah. That's one of my top three for sure. Yeah, absolutely. How how do you feel that the divorce has left you as far as like shame and feeling like guilt around it? Or are you kind of like, okay, I'm gonna move forward from this and like it's gonna be a new beginning for me? Because mm -hmm. I dealt with a lot of shame and yeah. like fear of judgment at first. Yeah. And now looking back on it, I'm like, 
I had nothing to be ashamed about. Like, no. I was choosing me. I was getting out of a toxic situation. Girl, you like, have nothing to be yeah. ashamed about. Yeah, yeah. With the, everything that, you know, you have nicely have shared with the whole world. <laughs> because, you know, reading your story definitely helped me so much. Just oh, know so that I'm in the, on the right track. So with my divorce, it became national news, right? So it's like, it was a big deal. I had paparazzi uh, hiding in bushes outside my home. I was constantly followed for a solid six weeks. I was hiding in my house and then I had to have my housekeeper pretend like she was me and then I had to like leave and I just got the hell out of here and I went to San Diego and I just like so when that is happening I get clouded I guess and my therapist said this as well you get clouded by the um, adrenaline from it mm -hmm. like a little bit and so but then it all of a sudden hit me probably like a month later but mind you during our marriage was when it really stung because I knew at a certain point that there was really no hope, yeah. unfortunately. And that was my lowest of the low, was, yeah. was feeling so alone mm. during you know the pandemic. And then during, um, even when I did Dancing with the Stars, it was like, we still did it during the pandemic, but then you know there was no audience, but then I was like, right. I just didn't feel like we could have conversations like we used to anymore. And it was, when it comes to shame, I, there's moments still to this day that I go in and out, like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm the most vulnerable when I wake up. And sometimes I'm like, I just can't believe that I'm divorced. Like, mm -hmm. I just can't believe it. And then there's moments of like, I feel like I'm definitely on the right track. Yeah. Because I chose me. And yeah. I don't think that I could have done that even just a year ago. Yeah. There is a moment I feel where it does shift from just being like, okay around it to mm -hmm. like weirdly empowered by it. Yeah. And that does come. And, and that I, doesn't mean that he's in the wrong, right? Like right. there is moments where like, for sure, look, all we can do is point the finger at ourselves, right? Like yeah. there's nothing that, I mean, yes, maybe blaming that other person is gonna make me feel this. No, but I feel empowered because no matter what the situation was, it always stems from something. Like whatever happened, that was icing on the cake, yeah. right? But it's like the red flags for the both of us. Like we just didn't probably listen yeah pay attention yeah we're just like let's go to the carnival i think i just wanted to know <laughs> i think i just i mean like again i planned a, a big wedding you know mindy weiss was our wedding planner and it was like I, that was not even what like no i couldn't do that right you know and it was like the high of that yeah do you feel like with the the confidentiality in place so like you can't talk freely about it do you feel that that's frustrating for you? Like, would you want to be sharing your story as a form of therapy? Or are you kind of like, no, it's private, let it stay private? I don't mind it. I think that I've shared enough to where, um, you know, look, there's always two sides to every story, right. not necessarily my story. You know, there's also his side to the story. And I think it's best private at this yeah. point. I don't think I am, I'm not in need. Like, yes, I'm very honest and I'm an open book, but there, there is that part of it that I actually would like to keep private yeah and i talk about it quite a lot when i'm off camera yeah you know yeah and that's like that's enough. my therapy yeah i mean i am in therapy when i talk about yeah, it yeah, so, yeah. yeah. um so i want to kind of dive in to your recovery with substance abuse what what Alcohol. was your yeah. yeah that was your poison yeah. yeah and like can you kind of give a little bit of insight as to what when it became a problem and like how bad it was it became a problem. So even though it's not hereditary, my real dad was an alcoholic and he passed away when, um, that was what, right when I got engaged. And um, I became, I guess, that person as well, 
when drinking vodka sodas every day with like water and nothing affected me mm. because i have social phobia and i've been diagnosed by my ther- a certified therapist obviously wait i'm sorry can you explain what that is i am scared of being in big crowds like i actually have panic attacks so like i know you're like oh how do you dance and shake your ass in front of millions well, of people no, but like how are you telling us saying gabrielle let's go salsa dancing if you like are scared to be there, in, there like... is a part of it wow yeah which is why i need to go with a group of people that i know oh got it yeah and so that's like a real it's a real issue wow especially with no alcohol yeah. so the alcohol helped so Cope mind you it. here yeah. i remember when i said when i was like before i moved to los angeles i was this very quiet and introverted person so the attention, like I never signed up on this show to be famous. That was never my goal. I was going to be a starving dancer with my Dominican partner, right. regardless of if he cheated on me or not. It didn't matter. Like I would have just stayed there in, uh, and as a starving dancer and just try and be the world champion, whatever. And it's not necessarily, you don't get a lot in return so much when it comes to money and all of that. It was just the passion. Yeah. And then I come here and then producers are asking me for my opinion and I actually could barely say a sentence. Wow. I thought I had to drink. So I had to like have glasses of wine and um, like even before if, performing before an interview girl before like wow. a, say I had a 7 a.m. master interview. I'd be <gasps> drinking. Oh, my God. 24 seven. And then like when we would go out after the show, the producers would be like, well, see, this is what we need. We need that fun, Cheryl. So like I got praised for. Right. You're like, do you want me to get sloshed before and they dancing? said yes yeah basically they said yes i mean they didn't feed me alcohol obviously right but like they you know they knew i was this party girl i was on tmz every morning wow for the longest time it's still hard for me to shake off that reputation yeah but like every morning you know my friends but like, oh, here you go again it was like i was called dancing with the bars which is my next <gasps> book i have to write oh my god this. you do dancing have to with the bars. you I do know. have to write that <laughs> Um, coming soon no i'm kidding no there's no book deal yet in place, but <laughs> hopefully but hit her up yeah um wait so would you drink before you would perform that is something i didn't need to do okay and i because that would be is, i mean like if i have like two glasses of wine or like a shot of tequila and then try and go salsa dance i'm like 10 times more out of breath than i would have been totally without. the stamina yeah but yeah. mind you we're also not dancing to that i'm dancing with celebs with no right danceability right most of the time yeah but i would drink basically so seven nights a week okay so like this is like me out of jail get out of jail free card i am able like and my first two my two first seasons on the show the second third season was my most successful i won both seasons and i you know was being followed this was the whole nick lachey and jessica simpson split up Mm because i danced with drew lachey yeah i was in the middle of it how so because i was dancing with drew and then people thought i think i was hooking up with nick what yeah so because how Nick would come watch together because well, he would watch his brother and support us right. and then we would all go out at night oh got it so i okay. was that, like the only person in that car right and when i tell you i was still like this mousy shy little girl yeah but like a fiery cracker like firecracker on the dance floor and yeah dance was always like my i would say alter ego it was like this is why i say dance to save my life because whenever i'm performing it's a different me yeah but still me yeah i get that but it's hard to explain. It's like the movement and um, the execution of my movement comes from an authentic emotion in my body mm-hmm. that sometimes I can't put into words. Yeah. Right. Unless if I drink alcohol or right. so I thought. Yeah. And so I that, have that too. She's called Lolita. <laughs> I love Lolita. I love she, it. She only comes out in very, very dire situations. <laughs> yeah. And I, and for me, it's like that vision of my little 
black bob that my dance coach cut my hair like totally chopped my hair was down to my ass anyway and then I, he's like for one of the bigger competitions in blackpool england he was like we need to give you a fresh new look and then that's why so i was known when i first moved here as that girl with the bob yeah. you know and um oh my god that tan i mean i was fresh <laughs> off the competition floor with like i looked crazy anyway so I had straight success from the moment I moved here. I went out every single night and I also was only 21. I had the stamina of a 21 year old. I would walk into rehearsal the next morning and my partners would guess the alcohol that I drank for years. And because I thought that I was, I thought that the only way I can be living a life like this, being constantly followed around and pop, I mean, it was crazy going coming from like nothing in that sense to like not being asked my opinion i had an english accent like i had no identity yeah you know and then all of a sudden people wanting and caring about like me just me without my dance partner it's crazy yeah it's a big like life overwhelming if i would have been followed around with like cameras and paparazzi when i was 21 it would have been a fucking shit show yeah like thank god i was not under scrutiny during that time in my life that was a big moment with jennifer with jennifer with um nick and jessica like that was like right at their split yeah right so it was like i i was exposed to stuff and i saw stuff that was just too overwhelming let alone here i am dancing in front of millions of people yeah so when did you realize that it was like a problem um it was a problem when mm, like that real like come to jesus moment was when my ex and i got back together again because like so we dated 10 years prior married yeah so we met through his older brother season three of dancing with the stars oh my god we dated for oh my god i'm like putting together all the dots behind the scenes this is great okay yeah (laughs) we dated for a year i met him through his brother who was dancing with one of the dancers on dancing with stars and then we went on tour so we used to go on tour after the show and that's where i met my ex and then we dated for a year and i was like just so new to this whole thing and i was like Hmm, I don't think I'm ready for this like relationship or whatever. And then we didn't even run into each other at a Ralph's 10 years later. You know, my sister goes, whatever happened to so-and-so? And she's like, I really liked him. So she took my phone, texted him, said, let's have dinner. <gasps> oh and then he responded, I was like, for sure he's married, right? Like yeah. for sure. There's no way he's not. He wasn't basically had dinner like New Year's Eve of 2015. Oh, that's like a big commitment. New Year's Eve dinner. <laughs> I know, or maybe it was going heading into New Year's Eve. Right. So I remember the restaurant setting up. So it was probably the 29th, yeah, of January, um, 2015. And then we basically, yeah, that was it was a quick one. It was like we were together for maybe maybe a year and a half. My dad died during that time, so we had that bond. Yeah. But so you were still drinking during this time. Yes. And then I remember my uh, when my dad died, I said I I didn't say anything to my ex. I just said like, wow, I could either like fall down this rabbit hole and check myself into the nearest rehab, or I'll quit. And I tried to have a drink when I got home from Thailand, where my dad was living and Mm -hmm. where his wake was. And then I come back and I just bust out into hives. So it was for vanity reasons, Mm. really, why I stopped. Like hives, Gabrielle, it was bad. Like I never had this type of reaction. I tried every single type of alcohol and I would just bust out into hives. Wait, My body what? was like full on rejecting the so poison. So you're like, you go from being, I go from like being a, a decade raging of drinking. alcoholic. Yeah, like nothing. I stopped getting drunk. Like there was not, I would, there what? was just nothing. I could drink like a whole Tito's, a uh, bottle of Tito's literally and just pee a lot. Like as if I just drank a gallon of water. And all of a sudden you just started like having like a yes. fucking weird reaction. Yeah. 
that's weird. That and was the I universe being like, unless it's for this. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. So how long have you been sober now? Four years um, this past July. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And what do you feel has changed with making that commitment? My whole life, my whole, uh, I guess my head is clear and too clear. Now I, I do know the reason why I used to drink because my brain doesn't shut off at oh, all. Oh, I feel like, you on that one, dude. Whoa. <laughs> and I, and I always, it's so hard because, you know, I'm active in the 12 step program and it's hard because like a lot of people relate to their experience with like hitting rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I was the most successful when I was drinking. Right. And I, for me though, know that there are moments, tons of moments when I was drinking where I didn't feel present. I wasn't there. I let alone remember like, you know, those times where we would go out and go on tour and those moments you want to remember, I just don't. Mm. And I think because I, since I stopped, everything's changed, including yeah. my relationship, right? Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It's oh just my, my head is just clearer and like I see everything to the point where I'm just like, God, did I have to see that? I really didn't want to see that. And if I'm like, if I would have just been in that alcoholic phase of my life, yeah. I probably wouldn't have. But in a way, I just have to be grateful because I finally, I feel like have another chance at life. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. it, I, I feel like that coinciding with like the divorce and like yeah. you're really like going through this weird rebirth that's going to be really beautiful and in the he long was run. a part of like the uh, height of it yeah right like from a decade prior to yeah. also stopping like i just like it was yeah it's sometimes insanity. like sometimes those people you know I, I don't know if you believe in soul contracts like before we even get here but i feel like a lot of my toxic exes like we had soul contracts and they came into my life for a very specific reason totally. to like uproot some shit. Yeah. Cause I met Javier six years before he and I, you know, reconnected and went to that club and like started our whole thing. Wait, so why did you guys hook up the first um, Oh my God, you guys she's gonna kill me. So, <laughs> sorry mom. Um, so we went to- Did your mom listen to every episode? No, okay. no, um, but you know, I'm putting you her on blast know. and she'll probably get DMs about it, but yeah. it's fine. Um, so I went to a rap party with her and they had been on the same show. So he was there and it was at this like little club and he was like, of course, dancing and she like throws me into the dance floor oh and she's my like, God, your mom come did dance this. with my she's daughter. Kidding. And like we start dancing and like, you know, that's where the downfall of our fucking existence is. It's anytime that we're on the dance floor together. Oh, no. um, and he ended up getting my number that night and was like, let's like, you know, go dancing. And we we went out twice casually went to like this, and nothing happened oh no i mean we made out and like yeah. we danced a lot but and like he tried to take me home and i said no Good for you. and that was the extent of it like Dry humping on the dance floor and you know a kiss. it's where all my fucking problems start Ugh. yeah that's great um okay so if you can tell people that are listening who have gone through some of the i feel like we've covered so much shit in this episode like body dysmorphia There's so much addiction, more too, but yeah latin lovers yeah, anonymous right? um if you can tell people that are listening kind of like what you've learned and what your big takeaway is from some of the struggles that you've gone through yeah what would that be or that, a few, if there's yeah, I mean, multiple. There's, you're how like, long do you You're got? like, you literally just like uh, named every struggle in my life, Gabrielle. You know, <laughs> no, it's, I actually have more, believe it or not. Um, but, you know, 
failure isn't failure. Failure is success because without the failure, in quotes, like it's not a bad thing, right? I think like in society today, if the thought of failure, the thought of defeat just makes people want to just not even try. Mm. And it really, without it, how do you succeed? Yeah, and how do you celebrate the wins? No, but how? Like I am so used to rejection and God damn it, it sucks. Like I'm not even gonna deny it. And I've just been so lucky to be a part of a show for... God knows 65 seasons now, not really, but like a lot. Yeah. And um, I just remember an occasional like audition and just getting turned down. And it's like, or maybe not winning that mirror ball tro- trophy since season three, my mirror balls, like the fucking mirrors are f- like falling off and it's like so ghetto. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, you know, it also isn't really about winning. It's about the experience and yeah. the journey. I have to tell you that I have learned so much through my journey or this chapter, this very long chapter of me being on the show and through maybe moments of not necessarily loving my partner to creating such amazing relationships. Like there is always a takeaway, Mm -hmm. even this divorce, there's always a takeaway, whether that be, and I think that's what our purpose is. It's like our purpose. And I think in general, but I can speak for myself in life is to just continue to learn and feed your soul Mm -hmm. and whatever that is you know it isn't a purpose i think people get confused with isn't just like oh i'm I'm gonna be president of the united states or my purpose is to help like something so specific your purpose is to do you and to then show by action instead of just preach it you know and i think that is really um and I know that maybe that's anticlimactic to a lot of people. No, I think that's so beautiful and so important because without the failure, like we're not learning, learning and we're not growing and we're not becoming the people that we're destined to be. Exactly. And we're not special. Like, yes, we are all special, but we're also all the same person. And also living a human experience, right? We're living this experience and we think that our purpose has to be different than our friends. No, right. but like our purpose is just to be you and whatever that is it's like don't shy away from it because that's what makes you unique that's what makes people think that their purpose needs to be something better or bigger than somebody else's it's just like actually it's actually you know the purpose in itself is just staring at you right at the in the mirror like you just have to look at it yeah you don't have to change the fucking world you just have to live a life that's fulfilled and happy and and show by example not by just talk you know oh i love that so much good stuff in this episode cheryl (laughs) thank you so much for coming on and being so vulnerable with us can you tell everybody where they can find you where they can do the podcast like all the things yep um i have a podcast called burke in the game um i heart radio produces it you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts or my website cheryl dash burke.com Cheryl Burke was taken. Whoever <laughs> took that, give it back. Um, and then my social media is just at Cheryl Burke or TikTok is at Cheryl Burke official. Because also there's another Cheryl Burke. So please give that back as well. No, I'm kidding. But I yeah, anyway, thank you so much. I had so much fun. Thank you. I, yeah. You're like my new soul sister. Seriously. I can't wait to uh, go salsa dancing. And I'm just can't thankful wait to, to uh, all about Javier. Have you in my life. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. I want to thank Cheryl so much for coming on and being so vulnerable and sharing her heart with us. I think she is such an incredible 
woman and I'm so glad that we have been able to connect. I can't wait to go salsa dancing and have her make me look like a fucking amateur. And please go check out her podcast, Burke in the Game, and uh, follow along with her dancing journey. As always, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. If you need more FML in your life, I have got you covered. You can go to patreon.com slash FML Talk. There are five full seasons of mini bonus episodes, and that's where all the tea really is that I can't talk about on air. I love you guys. I will see you all next week. Have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.